Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to ever be able to join you. Uh, thank you for the invitation, as ever. And uh, good to enjoy some wonderful singing. I would like to request that you turn the Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians and chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, read from verse 1 down to verse 13, and then we'll go to the book of Philippians, also chapter 4 which is where we're picking our text from. Ephesians chapter 4, from this 1 to um, 13 of that chapter. I, therefore, I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, Don't worry, it will be able to do something. He's just advising me that I should do, amplify my voice. So I'm telling him that you to get amplified in, along the way. <laughs> Not to worry. <laughs> Maybe to even be over-amplified. Over <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your core. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? <coughs> but that he had also descended into the lower regions. The earth, he who descended is the one who also ascended. Far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God. To mature 
Amen. manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. We can turn to the book of Philippians and chapter 4. We read from this one. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm. Thus in the Lord, my beloved, I entreat you, dear, I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Shall we pray once again? We thank you, our God, for the public reading of your word. And we now turn, as we now turn to the exposition thereof, we pray that you be gracious to us. We pray that you pour your spirit upon us. And you forgive every transgression, the clouding of mind. Lord, look with favor and mercy upon us. And accompany the preaching of the word with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I pray for all that are in the, within the hearing range of this preaching. And ask that, Lord, by your spirit, you will convict you enable the reception of this word to be added to faith. O oh Lord, in your own ways, we pray that somebody, somebody who hear the gospel call clearly and you build your people in righteousness, even as your word is competent and capable of so doing. Look with favor upon us, our God, and by mercy, and with your mercy, do not count our softness to us. Do not count our cold-heartedness and our hard-heartedness. But deal with us, Lord, mercifully. Deal with him that stands to speak. 
and they that are hearing mercifully because we pray and ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Our text this morning, my dear friends, is uh, picked from Philippians and chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, which reads, I entreat Judea and I entreat Sintache to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And we have in focus two otherwise not so prominent Bible characters, Judea and Sintaki. Don't worry if you're having a problem pronouncing, of course you don't pronounce when you're you reading. Eh? Um, but nowadays, life is a little bit easy. Uh, in case you don't, you don't do it, you just Google and it will give you the pronunciation. <laughs> so please, I've not manufactured. The second one is one which is tricky. Sintaki. It's a Greek name. These are Greek names. Eh? The other one, Eudea. Ah, well, straightforward. But this other one, tongue twister. In fact, not just tongue twister, but ish. Very difficult even to tongue twist, you know. But uh, when I looked up the meaning, uh, it's Sintaki. Sintaki. That's the pronunciation of uh, that other name. So these not so well known Bible characters. And these two characters present an incidence of conflict and discord or disagreement or strife between or among believers and which conflict fall upon an unnamed character whom the Apostle Paul just refers to as true companion or yoke fellow, it, fell, it falls upon him to reconcile these two uh, ladies. Now from this case, it's really a, name, a, a case uh, of looking at uh, uh, Bible characters. Of specific individuals, we are able to see or we are able to embolden the Bible's counsel for reconciliation amongst believers. Reconciliation amongst believers in the midst of believers or amidst the company of saints and attempting at a title I thought I would call it Udaya and Sintaki a case of conflict and reconciliation a case of conflict 
and reconciliation. And I propose that we look at uh, this text with that heading of the sermon. We look at it under five heads. Firstly, we place the text within the book of Philippians. We paint the background under which this text is embedded. And then secondly, we will look at these two characters, Judea and Syntyche, characterizing them as ladies of the church. That look closely at them. And then thirdly, we will look at the possible nature of a conflict, the discord that was between them. Oh, in fact, we'll just say the conflict in which they are found. Uh, you, you discover that uh, we don't have to take it for granted that it was between them. <laughs> the conflict was not necessarily between them, but they are found in that conflict, amidst that conflict. And then, fourthly, we will uh, try to see the solution, solution uh, to that conflict or the discord. And then uh, we will um, run away with some applicative conclusions. So there you are. What's the text of, text of background? The Apostle Paul is taken to be the author of this book. It's a letter to the believers at Philippi. And he possibly wrote it during his imprisonment in Rome, which is described in the book of Acts in chapter 28. You know, the Apostle Paul had uh, uh, several imprisonments, but one particular one is in Rome. He had success in ministry while he was in prison. And this letter rings with joy and gratitude with the way that God was carrying forward his saving work among the Philippians. The book of Philippians is a wonderful book. It's a book of jubilate. It's a book that is, is full of joy and it infuses joy as you read it. But then there are also some challenges which we don't sometimes see but which looking closely at this uh, these two characters we are able to see. But, well, let me just say, this is a letter that uh, um, the apostle writes full of confidence with the way the Lord was pushing his work. Chapter 4 of this letter, where we are reading in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be 
anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God will surpass, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wonderful words which have ministered grace to believers through the centuries and which you agree are words that we need all the time. They came from the Apostle Paul as he wrote and as he dealt with this. This is a background to uh, these two Bible characters and the subject of conciliation. You see, yes, this is bubble with joy and encouraging with joy. And of course, people say, oh, this man was in prison and yet he's, he's giving us an antidote to uh, melancholy, antidote to being sad and sulky and troubled about the things of the world. And the man from prison is giving us this news and counsel to cheer up. And indeed, as we, as we absorb it, we just... We just find ourselves emptying our burdens to God, before God, and ah, we, we experience the joy of the Lord in the midst of trouble. But then, actually, there is to this book of Philippians also some gravity which we read because these Christians actually faced persecution. This was a troubled group of people. So that we read in verse 27 and 30 to 30 of chapter 1, this is what the Apostle Paul writes about what we discern from what he writes. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. but of your salvation and that from God for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now I hear that and I had and now hear that I still have. Now, there you are. The Apostle Paul is actually saying, is us disclosing that these people had opponents and they were suffering for the gospel. And it, it's, the last verse is telling it, eh? it says, engaged in the same conflict that you see I had. 
And now here that I still have. In fact, the Apostle Paul says the same suffering, the same agony, the same conflict, the same fighting that I, I am fighting to the end that I'm in jail, I'm in chains. You are also facing it. You are, but you're not the only ones. So there's some gravity also to this letter to the uh, Philippians. conflict within the church this church at Philippi and you see it actually in this very chapter 1 these verses I read from verse 27 let me go through it again only let your manner of life be worthy of a gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent I may hear of I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, serving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So, he, there is a threat of disunity. He says, live your life in such a way that you will have one mind, one spirit, and you fight. You are, you are going to continue in the circumstances in which you are side by side. In other words, you don't desert each other. You don't desert one another. You don't forsake one another. Be you know, side by side, as it were. Fight as a united force. Ah. Ah. That is showing actually there were, there was, there, there were conflicts. There, 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 there was a snare of discord and the, the, the apostle is suggesting here that uh, they need to have one mind and destroy side by side for the sake of the gospel labor for the Lord Champion the cause of Jesus Christ. See to the advancement of his kingdom. Oh. Strive. Push. Together. United. Side by side. You see... Actually, there were conflicts in this church at Philippi. And this had the capacity to jeopardize the believer's witness to the world. And the believer's ability to withstand the world's assault. That's what you seem to see here. You have opponents. You have the cause of the gospel to champion. You have the fight to, to lodge. And yet, if you're not of one spirit, of one mind, you will not have sufficient capacity. You will not have sufficient ability to be effective witnesses 
for Jesus to the world. And when the world attacks, you will not be able to withstand the assaults. That's what the Apostle Paul is indicating. That's a broad background of uh, uh, what the Apostle, these characters that are mentioned in chapter 4. Yes. When you are thinking of Philippians, it's a glorious, comforting book written by a prisoner in chains and yet is, is bubbling with joy. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. If go to the Lord and empty your heart for, you know, empty your burdens before God and you will know the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And the Apostle Paul goes and on and on. Yes. Ah, but listen, this was not really a church without challenges. And the challenge of disunity challenge of not having one spirit, one mind. Challenge that could possibly militate against fighting as ones. Championing the cause of Jehovah. The cause of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's witness to the world. Which is very crucial. Very crucial. Very crucial, my dear, my dear friends. Very crucial. Witnesses to the world and to withstand the assaults of the world's uh, the opponents as a background. Let's, let's get to uh, lead, uh, sorry, Udia and uh, Sintache, Sintaki. These are ladies of the church, and these are the, they are at the center. Of the conflict, they are at the center of some strife. So you read verse two again. I, I, I entreat your dear, and I entreat Sintachi to agree in the Lord. These two ladies. They were female members of the church who were involved in a disagreement together. Now, some translations prominent amongst which is the, the Kiforist version, the King James version, translated the Greek of the name Yodia, Yodia as Yodias. And this is a name for a man. But fresh translation has corrected that this, this was a misunderstanding. This was not a man, uh, but a woman. Not Yodias, but Yodia. to these ladies models of female leadership in the early church. 
whose role is recognized and whose influence permeated throughout the church. And I said in my notes, don't mind about the preservation of formal leadership in the church to males. Look, look at verse, verse 3 again. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clements and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. These were prominent co-laborers with the Apostle Paul. You have to get that. Co-laborers who had labored side by side with the Apostle Paul. Prominent figures in the church. Recognized as such. These are women of influence. And they are told to agree. The two are entreated to agree. I said told, eh? Huh? No. Entreated. I plead. This is what the Apostle Paul says. I urge. I plead. I entreat. You, sisters, to agree. These two women, let me just say these two Bible characters, are chiefly remembered as two people who had an argument either between them or with others and who are disassociated with disagreement and discord. Ah, the Apostle Paul describes them as co-workers, eh? as co-laborers Fellow workers. But actually, that's not what is prominent about these names. What is prominent about them is that they are associated with disagreement and discord and disunity. And that's not a good, good, good. That's not a good association. But that's what is on record. I just wanted to say under this head, 
Yodia, Yodia, and Sintaki. These ladies. Just to describe them. Prominent in the church. They've gone in history, in biblical history, as those that were disassociated with the discord and disagreement and conflict. But then, thirdly, what's a possible nature of the conflict that uh, these uh, sisters were caught up in? Well, it is not disclosed, at least not in the verse here, in these verses. It's not disclosed. But it is possible that they disagreed with others, that is both of them, and yet it is more probable that the disagreement was between them. Uh, I entreat you, dear, and I entreat Sintaje to agree in the Lord. To agree with others, the two of them are presenting one foot, one foot, one uh, position against others and is urging them to agree with others. Well, perhaps. But is it that between them they have disagreed? They have a conflict. That is more probable. It makes much more sense that this is what was the Apostle Paul was dealing with. And it could be that they were involved in some civil strife between them. And maybe they even went to court. They sued each other. Or maybe they were involved in some religious Discord, some religious account, some bickering over beliefs and traditions and teaching or on some church matter. But it would it would be said that perhaps the anatomy of the discord is what we see within the book of Philippians when the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, the need for oneness in the spirit, uh, oneness in love. He is referring to this. This is really the center of the discord that he's talking about. When he's saying be united in, 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 in strife, he, he, he could be referring to this Discord of this stood that he towards the end just really says the two of them they need to agree. Their positions have destabilized and are compromising the unity. So 
Here is an attempt at the anatomy of faith. Look at chap, chap, chapter 2 and from verse 2. From verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Having the same love. Being in full accord. And one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. But in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. They were possibly exhibiting tendencies which were contrary to what the apostle is describing here. They lacked sameness of mind. They lacked sameness of love. And they did things in rivalry. In conceit and deception. And they were not humble. They didn't do things in humility. And they didn't count others to be more significant. And this is telling. This tree is actually, uh, and when it, it starts, it opens up this, uh, which continues from the street. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind, this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ, Jesus, who, though he was in the, in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the form of a servant, becoming, being born in the likeness of man. There was no taking a leaf from Jesus' humiliation in the way that they dealt with each other. There was no taking a leaf from Jesus and Oh, this face just, it just breaks everything. Christ took up human form. Although he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Humility was lacking. Not looking at the picture of Jesus, the deep, deep doctrine of kenosis there took up human flesh, human form. And this is how Jesus gives us an example. The Apostle Paul says, This is the example that you should have. They, they possibly lacked this example of trust, of, 
esteeming others, being humble in conflict, in disagreement. I'm de- I was dealing with the head of the nature of a conflict. And this might be the anatomy describing what it really was about. It was about egos, about uh, taking the, not taking the interests of others, about not having, seeking to have one mind, about not having love, about no, no humility, and even uh, not disregarding the, the example of the Savior. Outmode role model, Jesus Christ, not looking at his humility. Well, what was the solution? The Apostle Paul, back to the text, invokes two veins of the solution to this conflict, to this disagreement, to this discord between uh, uh, these two sisters. And this is what he says in verse 1, I entreat, he entreats them, he entreats them to agree. And then secondly, verse, verse 3, yes, I ask you also, true companion, Help these women. He mobilizes external help beyond the two. That's what he does. That is the solution. And that should be a complete solution. But then... Even when you look at these two uh, uh, solutions, this double-faced solution, if, uh, double-edged solution, entreating them to agree, saying, sit down, talk, thrash out your disagreement as honestly, as openly as you can. And you also have help just in case you cannot manage, although he doesn't really say, in fact, he says this is more or less like concomitant to, I mean, it's, it's, it, as, as they are themselves entreated to agree, he also says, you bystanders, help them also. You can't just be standing and looking and watching. When these are tearing apart each other, when there's so much strife between them, you cannot, you know what they call, see no evil and hear no evil. You know, you want to pretend as if there's nothing happening. No, I entreat you also. Of course, he doesn't say that. He says to, uh, 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 to his, uh, this uh, um, true companion, he says, help, help them. Help the discordant brethren. Help the fighting sisters. Help the disagreeing sisters. But listen, 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 listen. The two are not without capacity 
to reconcile. It's a case of conflict and reconciliation. They are not without capacity to reconcile. And I want to emphasize this. Believers are always with capacity to reconcile. And I'm going to point at uh, uh, the spiritual uh, the, the, the spiritual resource which believers have, eh? we see it here in the scriptures. They are not without capacity. Why? Because they have one critical factor. The law. And they are doing things, they are urged to do things in the Lord. Listen to verse, verse uh, 1 again. I entreat you, you dear, and I entreat Sintachi to agree in the Lord, my friends, we have an inexhaustive, infinite support base to resolve conflict. We have the Lord, our Father, who shepherds us. Now, that's not the only way, the only point where you see this, the, the spiritual resource there, the divine resource there, I can call it that, but you also see it that this external help, uh, uh, this factor of the Lord is also the, the, within which they should agree, but then these that are supposed to help them, and even themselves, they also have another, it's the same resource, but it is described in another way, and this is in verse, verse 2. Follow it with me. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and her, the rest of my fellow workers. Now listen to this one. Whose names are in the book of life. This whole assembly of people are names in the book of life. They are bound together by eternity through the death of Jesus Christ who died for them and by whose spirit and through the word they come to faith. They have eternal life. And God, God is at work in their midst. You know, when it comes to the issue of unity, actually, it is a, an issue of particular interest to the Lord Jesus Christ. So much, so much, so, so much so that it comes out in his high priestly prayer in the book of John. If you read the book of John and chapter 17, the last prayer, the, in fact, the, the most sublime prayer, the, the most grand, the grandest prayer in the, in the whole Bible is that prayer when Jesus Christ prays before, just hours before he goes to die, when he prays for the church. He prays for believers who were with him and he prays for those that are to believe subsequently, all of them. And one of the things that he prays for is the unity of believers. Oh, my dear friends, the unity of believers is a crucial concern of Jesus. And 
when I come to the fact that Christ prayed for the unity of believers, and we read in Ephesians and chapter 4, He will answer the Father, answer the prayer of Jesus for the unity of believers. They are written in the book of life. And he will take them as a body, pure, present them to the Father. They will live as one in unity. Not only themselves as a unit, but also united to Christ. And they will live forever. The issue of unity of believers is an issue that has to do with the destiny of believers. It is, has to do with the being written in the book of life. It's not a matter to trifle with, my dear friends. These are the things that we have to be conscious of. There is some reinforced capacity. Let me come back to earth for the reconciliation of, of conflict amongst believers. And Christ is an example as we have seen in chapter 2 and verse 5 and following. And it is a reality that Believers are guaranteed identification with Christ forever in the book of life. <laughs> so you say to yourself, brothers, sisters, oh, of course, we are now first thinking about Judea and the Sinteki. Why? What's this? You have one destiny, one Lord. And you are bound going together. <laughs> you know, when we were growing up, I don't know if it is there. You know, when we, 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 we grew up in the generations when uh, our backgrounds were very close to where our grandparents came from. Eh? So I, uh, me, 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 I've got dual backgrounds. So uh, these people, the member speakers, they say, "Do have a call or a more Do have a call or a more Do you more?" <laughs> it, it, it resonates eh? <laughs> because you see when these member speakers were coming they were all coming through Congo and then they come through Chembe they come to the copper belt so when they are maybe that's the Lundas of, of Kazembe and the, the members of Chitimukuru they are all maybe they, they, and so they are talking in other words we have we have the same destiny, same fate. In fact, we'll go back. And you know, going back, we will go the same route and we'll cross the Wapula together. We are one. Hmm? And then uh, my other side, they would say, Tuavgarongwa <laughs> imuine. Tuavgarongwa imuine. The Easterners, eh? The Easterners, and when they speak like that, they have lumped themselves together all the way up to Lake Malawi. 
They can refuse to bring me again, to invite me again. So let me, let me just rush through some applicative conclusions. You see, even amidst jubilate, there is discord. And the instance of Yudia and Sintaki is a case in point. Doesn't the book of Philip, the book of the letter to the Philippians, give us a burning Paul so so warm about life? He rejoices in the Lord and urges the the, the believers at Philippi to rejoice in the Lord, and he is confident about the advancement of the gospel. Indeed, we are in the world. This is reality. And the reality is that there will be discord in our midst. The question is, or rather, the point is we have to thank God. We have God's counsel. God teaches us how to resolve. And we see Two uh, methods here. Two modus operandi. What? Entreat the people that are disagreeing to agree. Entreat the force. Force. Uh, urge them. People, believers should uh, should be urged to agree. And then assist people to agree. Assist people to patch up. Oh, what role are you playing as an individual regarding the wars, the discord which you have had with others in the church? <laughs> What, what, what role are you playing? And as a bystander and a possible peacemaker, what have you done about it? Let us be true companions. True companions, my dear, my dear friends. Helping and not fermenting trouble, not fermenting discord, not increasing, not putting fire 
in Bemba there is a very nice word. Oh, you are, it's a very rich word. You know, rejoicing at people that are fighting believers, perhaps their friends, and they've fallen off, and you, you start you are rejoicing, and you even put even more firewood so that they don't reconcile, so that they even go deeper and deeper. No, no. Urge them to agree. Entreat them to agree and help them. Help them. Pray for them and physically help them. Uh, this one is a little bit off, but this Udia and the Syntagi, these are by words of conflict. And the question which I'm asking is, what testimony are we crafting for ourselves? Can you imagine the legacy which these friends of ours have left? Eh? <laughs> and it is there. What legacy are we going to find ourselves amongst the bywords to say, such and such a year, I live in the same place, I am asking a question, what legacy? Our man of life and our relations with each other can be an unworthy of the gospel and unworthy of the advancement of the faith to the outside. You find, you have to ask yourselves how, 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 how our lives enhancing our concentration on, you know what we described? Stand! One love, one mind, side by side, championing the gospel. But are our lives Disenabling. Are our lives making us incapable to move as a united church to do exploits for God, to evangelize, to, 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 to as it were, serve the tables, help the needy, to, as it were, plant churches. Participate in missions and contribute to the growth and entrenchment of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, our lives and our relations inhibiting these things. Oh, you are entreated to agree and urged to reconcile. The outside needs intervention. We need to penetrate into the outside. We need to have effective witness for Jesus Christ.